passion and love on a scale beyond what the surface mind can even imagine. And so we are here to break free from any sense of a victimization from the world of effects and begin to be aware as the spiritual image and the divine likeness of ultimate reality. There is nothing but ourselves that can hinder the unfoldment of our soul that we may be liberated, that we may be free. So the teachings are not about religiosity, they are about liberation. They're not about religion, they're about liberation from the misguided notions of life, the narrow-mindedness, the narrow confines of thoughts about reality, and to step into an awareness of really tasting and touching and waking up to the real. And allowing that to guide and direct and to order our steps into right action that we individually may reveal harmony and love and peace and collectively be the architects and the visionaries and the actionaries of uh, manifesting a sacred world that works for everyone. So we're here to continue our waking up process to that which is real. When I talk about the fact that we are here to move out of merely thinking about reality and having a direct contact with that which is real, this is to wake up. Because I say often that most people do not experience reality, they experience their thought about reality. And that's what we have collectively when we look at the planet, when we look at the human condition and the human experience, which is a mockery of God's creation. We have individuals uh, that are having an experience of their belief and their thought about reality, but not having a direct contact with that which is real, that which is forever, that which is eternal, that which has never been born and will never die, and that which is substantial, that which is intangible substance, inconceivable, unimaginable, but real, nevertheless less. And so as you look in your particular human experience, you may begin to see that you're having an experience of what you think about reality, but not necessarily having an experience of reality. Because first of all, you can't experience reality. It's not experiential. It's caught in consciousness. It becomes a dimension of your awareness. So if anyone ever says they experience reality, they're deluded or, or they're using the incorrect word. You can have a realization of the truth, but you can't experience the truth because experience means something that is temporary. Every time you have an experience, it's a temporary neurovegetative reaction to a thought that's moving through your mind, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's real. I remember when I was attending Morehouse College a number of years ago, we used to do a practical joke. As I look at it now, it wasn't that practical. <laughs> and that is, we would take a book of matches, and we would take a match, and we would strike it, blow it out, and we would touch the person with the cold match. And they would form a heat blister on their hand because they thought that they were being touched with the hot match. So they weren't experiencing reality. They were experiencing their thought about reality. You see, it wasn't real, but it was real to them based on their thought. And so the world, as we read about it in terms of the headlines rather than the heart lines, are individuals that are experiencing a belief of reality, of lack, limitation, scarcity, distance, separation, not enoughness, and then having a direct experience of those thought forms. So as we're on a spiritual path, a path with heart, a path that's about awakening, we're waking up to an awareness of the real, that which is forever, that which never dies, that which has never been born. So we're beginning to catch that in our awareness, and then it shows up as our life. 
It shows up as our life. And we find more and more that we're unmoved by the experience of the mockery of the mind of God called the human condition, but we still grow deeper into compassion about the mockery of the human experience. We have deep compassion about what we see. We have deep compassion about the suffering. We have deep compassion about the seeming lack and limitation and disease and wars and rumors of wars. There's deep compassion there, but we're also walking that razor's edge of aware that it's not eternal, but at the same time, we ask the question, how can we serve? How can we eliminate? How can we alleviate the suffering? Which brings to mind the difference between sympathy, empathy, and compassion. Those are different ways of being in the world. Sympathy says, I know how you